Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Well, good afternoon, good day, everybody. Uh, this is Matt Greller with AIM. Uh, happy to have with us Becky Skillman, a guest on our hometown podcast uh, today. Uh, many of you know the name Becky Skillman, uh, a legend in Indiana government circles, it goes without saying. Uh, Becky, this started off with some easy intro, maybe. Uh, most of our, a good portion of our uh, membership uh, was recently elected and I'm sure they know your name, but maybe explain a little bit deeper about your involvement in local government, state government, uh, and what you've been doing the last few years just to start with. Sure, well, good to be with you, Matt. And uh, you know, when I think about municipal leaders having gone through a November election, wow, the world has changed literally since November. So I'm the first to admit 2020 is a big test of leadership and i know your members are meeting that test uh i uh, i'm always encouraged when hoosiers step up and offer service to their community i'm i suppose i'm telling my age but at 25 years old i first sought public office uh, i served as a county official for 16 years in lawrence county but during the uh, latter part of that 16 years, I was elected as the president of the Association of Indiana Counties. And so I traveled the state, as you know, uh, met with a lot of local government officials. I lobbied the legislature on local government issues. Uh, that piqued my interest in running for a seat in the Senate. Uh, which I did in 1992 and uh, was elected. Uh, Quite frankly, I spent nearly my entire 12 years in the Senate working on issues to help our cities, towns, and counties thrive and grow. Uh, That had been my background. Those were my passions. I uh, wrote legislation that mandated Uh, the state to include our smaller cities and towns and rural counties and the state's economic development plans. Uh, I can remember authoring legislation that uh, provided incentives for businesses to locate within distressed communities where they had extremely high unemployment. So a great portion of my 12 years was spent on business and economic development initiatives all measures to help uh, communities. I could be comfortable still in the Senate. I love that work. But this fellow named Mitch Daniels came along and had a different idea for me. Uh, After talks with family, and uh, I decided that it would be a great way, should we be elected, uh, for me to continue to work on issues that had been my lifelong passion and perhaps have even more reinforcement behind it. Um, Very proud to have created the state's first ever Office of Community and Rural Affairs. 
that uh, organization is that agency is still strong today serves as a partner to many cities towns and and counties and now playing an important role in the coronavirus uh, relief and recovery as well i after that uh, well 36 years in public office I returned to my home region of the state. Uh, my husband and I now live on Lake Monroe, but um, six weeks before I left office as Lieutenant Governor, I had a visit at the State House from the Chairman of the Board and the uh, one of the Directors of Radius Indiana, an eight-county economic development corporation, and uh, that the uh, CEO and president at that time uh, had passed away unexpectedly at 59 years old. And so these two directors said, uh, could you come home? Would you come back to Southern Indiana? Uh, they had no idea that Steve and I were already building a new home in the area uh, to be closer to my parents. And I felt led to do that and serve four years as the president and CEO of that economic development organization, uh, since transferred to chairman uh, to chairman of the board. Well, that's good stuff, Becky. Um, you know, it goes without saying. Uh, we all owe a, a debt of a gratitude and appreciation to your service, not only in local government but state government. You mentioned Okra. Um, I would say that. Few, if any, agencies at the state level have been more important uh, to cities and towns, particularly our smaller cities and towns in Okra uh, over the last few years. And as you mentioned, they continue to do uh, just fantastic work. Let's switch gears to, to present day. Um, you've been uh, asked to serve again in a, a very, probably very unexpected role. Uh, I call it the Super Task Force. It has a more formal name, the Indiana Economic and Relief and Recovery Team. Uh, but there are five of you that, that are helping the governor's team uh, manage its way through this COVID uh, epidemic and, and manage the federal money that's coming to the state and likely will continue to come for the foreseeable future. You know, let's just start briefly there. And what have you all been talking about? I'm sure it's been a mile a minute. Um, last few weeks, what have they been like? Um. You're right, Matt. I had no idea I would be engaged at this level once again, but you know, we all look for ways to help uh, during this pandemic and can't say no to the governor, right? Uh, <laughs> but I'm honored. I'm very honored to be a part of the team. Uh, as a, an advisor, we, as advisors, we actually have two responsibilities. One, to provide advice on reopening the state's economy, and quite frankly, that consumed the greater part of our first month of work, and then also to provide advice on allocation of that $2.5 billion uh, in federal coronavirus relief funding. I want to stress that word advice because these decisions are always the governors to make, right? Uh, we are yep. there to lend advice, and I feel good about um, the individuals he's called upon to help. We have just a wide range of skills, abilities, and experiences from which to draw. 
Uh, I know the governor wants us, he, he actually wants all state personnel uh, to attempt to solve this current difficulty and yet help to prepare our state for the ever-changing future. Uh, I hope we can comfortably get to stage three, if you will, planning and preparing for the ever-changing future, because I think that will be Now, uh, in the beginning, or when we were asked to serve, we were aware of the amount of funding coming to our state. We've known that amount for quite some time, but it took a while to get the actual guidance from the U.S. Treasury. Uh, we have more, at least more guidance now, and we can move toward the distribution to the state and to the local governments. Um, the immediate need is reimbursement for necessary expenses that were incurred due to the public health emergency, of course. And I know some mayors and town officials may be thinking that that's not where it's needed most. Um, some may be far more concerned about loss in revenues. We're concerned about that as well. But at least at this point today, having this discussion, uh, we have no choice under U.S. Treasury guidelines. We're working on uh, reimbursements at this point. Yeah, you've mentioned that uh, a couple of times, reimbursements, uh, you know, where we're at today. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about $300 million coming to local governments of all shapes and sizes that will be funneled through cities, towns, and counties for the most part. Um, you know, I think first of all, we need to thank the governor uh, and the advisory team uh, for the 300 million. There was nothing in the federal guidelines that said that money had to be shared. And I certainly appreciate uh, the task force, the governor for recognizing a, a local government need. $300 million is a lot of money um, to go towards direct reimbursement. I think a lot of it will be you know, go towards testing and some of the personal protective equipment purchases that have been made and additional uh, cleaning and sanitizing that has to be done and all those kinds of things. Uh, what are you, I know you've been out talking to a lot of uh, local government officials the last month or so. What are you hearing about the types of expenditures that this might be utilized for and, and where it might head? Uh, sure. I am, by the way, if you haven't received uh, specific guidance, you will be, and perhaps yet this week. But, you know, we would expect uh, a great number of expenses to be from the cost of providing the COVID-19 testing and any emergency medical response expenses, uh, perhaps expenses for communication and for additional enforcement. Uh, Matt, you mentioned the personal protective equipment. Uh, I'm also hearing that uh, municipal leaders have um, great expenses from deep cleaning of facilities and from uh, public areas. Uh, I expect nearly every community has had overtime expenses for public safety and other municipal uh, workers. Uh, I, I think some have had expenses to improve their uh, telework capabilities. 
And uh, it'll just be interesting to see, you know, the needs vary so much. It will be interesting to see uh, the list once it's all compiled. You, uh, it was nice of you to, you know, thank the governor. As you know, there's no mandate to share right, with local governments. Uh, the Treasury guidelines say the state may share. Well, I, I'm speaking for the governor here. He, the governor wants to share. The advisors want to share. It is the right thing to do. And how many times have you heard the governor say, we are all in this together? About a million. <laughs> and I know the amount of the need varies per community, and sometimes it varies a great amount, but every community has been affected. I don't know of any community that has not been affected. Right. And uh, with this per capita distribution, you know, some communities may use the full amount that's allocated for reimbursement, and others may not. But we'll find out. Have you heard of any community or any entity that might be taking a, a little different strategy, maybe submit some expenses that they've had initially for direct COVID-related items like you just mentioned, uh, but maybe trying to, to sit on that money, if you will, that's, that's going to be uh, allocated to them in the hopes that Treasury might loosen some of the guidelines and say that it can be used for revenue replacement um, or utility loss of revenue or things like that. Has that come up at all? Uh, interesting that you mentioned that. I, you know, I, I know that there is some sentiment out there that we don't want to uh, rush to spend for that exact reason, that perhaps if there were to be a surplus uh, Treasury might relax those rules and al allow it to be used for revenue replacement, but we have no assurances that that will be the case. So, you know, my advice would be uh, just to be honest at this point and uh, to apply for the reimbursements that are legitimately due. Uh, yep. It would be great to have uh, flexibility, but from the beginning, this has been a bit of a guessing game. You know, we don't know what next week will bring. Well, and of course, the state is going to have massive revenue loss to replace as well. So I think from that standpoint, we're all all in this together, uh, to use your phrase and the governor's phrase, uh, for sure. And, uh, and state you know, revenue reports are not rosy, as you know. No, you noticed... Uh, the, the re revenue report just last week and uh, for the month of April, the state was down uh, 1 billion. Of course, delayed, uh, delayed tax payments will do that, as you know, at the city and town level. What's the um, outlook for the advisory group for the task force? Is it going to sunset or do you anticipate this going on, your work specifically going on for quite some time as we enter into the different phases of the COVID recovery? You know, that's a great question. And we have not spent even 60 seconds talking about how long we'll remain together. I know that to a person, we are honored to be serving and we will stay there as long as the governor 
needs us and wants us to keep advising uh, his team. Uh, in the early stages, we looked at this, you know, in three phases, and I mentioned a bit earlier that uh, uh, we would be eager to get to a phase three where we can look at what we've learned during this period, how we can apply that to perhaps change the way we do business and move our state forward. Uh, but for now, we're far more focused on immediate needs. <clears throat> Maybe turn our attention just for a minute here as we wrap up to, to DC. Um, as you all, uh, most of you listening know, and I'm sure you know, Becky, the uh, federal government, Congress is looking at a fourth stimulus package. I think maybe something was even proposed yesterday. Uh, the HEROES Act, I think it's called. Um, a lot of rhetoric, obviously, on both sides early in these types of debates, as we all know. I think what local governments in Indiana are really interested in or looking at are, is the provision of uh, for calling for direct funding for cities, and towns, counties. Uh, across the country, those that fall below uh, the 500,000 population threshold that was in the first round, uh, which obviously in Indiana is everybody but the city of Indianapolis. Um, is the task force spending time on that at all, looking into what might be coming down the road and preparing, or is it just sort of a wait and see approach for right now? Uh, it hasn't been discussed a great amount. I of course, it's always, you know, on your mind. You don't know what the next wave of funding will be, if any. And I would say your national association could give you far greater intelligence than you can get from me. I do know, of course, about the House bill that's at least been introduced. It's $500 billion uh, directly to the states, about $375 billion directly to local governments, and uh, intended to, of course, prevent layoffs among public workers and to prevent cuts to services and to prevent tax hikes, which would lead you lead one to believe that's for revenue replacement, right? Uh, I mean, that would be right. the logical conclusion. Uh, but who knows? I mean, uh, yeah, I've learned in my 36 years of public life, I never guarantee a bill will pass or, or that it won't pass. I think I can guarantee that if there is another round of federal funding, it won't look exactly like this introduced bill. That's yeah, the best, that's the best I can give you today. <laughs> It'll be pared down uh, significantly once it gets to the Senate, for sure, and, and in compromise processes. Um, thanks again for, for joining us, Becky. I certainly appreciate your work. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about it. You're, you're much too modest, but I know you've taken up the mantle as being sort of the unofficial liaison to local government from the task force and certainly has appreciated uh, the work that you're doing on behalf of the governor and with the governor. Uh, we could not be more pleased with uh, how things are going so far and look forward to the continued uh, partnership. Offer you uh, an opportunity to make any final comments to uh, AIM members. As you mentioned, they'll be receiving guidance in the next couple of days, hopefully on the $300 million and, and how to access that and, and how to move forward. We'll be 
providing much more information on that in the coming uh, days and more to more to come there. Uh, but any final thoughts that you might have on, on the work that the task force is doing? And again, thank you. Well, thanks, Matt. I might just add uh, one informational comment and then a philosophical comment as well. But the Indiana Finance Authority will be the state agency that administers the uh, this program for reimbursement. Uh, as you know, they're already set up and are a partner to cities and towns and county uh, currently. And you can find lots of information uh, on their website uh, about the forms to sign. They wanted to keep it very simple and easy and quick because I know the governor wants to get the funding out the door as quickly as possible. And uh, as we wrap up, I, I just want to thank municipal leaders for all they do for Hoosiers. And especially during these unprecedented times, there's no guidebook for this. Um, I empathize as I look back. Uh, you know, Governor Mitch and I were responsible for leading Indiana through the worst recession, certainly of my lifetime and it calls for extraordinary measures. I'm sure your members are uh, realizing that today. Um, when Hoosiers are struggling, however, leaders have to be at their best, and that's what I've witnessed from your membership. I just hope that our Hoosier municipalities come out even stronger on the other side of this pandemic. Uh, I want to do what I can to help us get back on track. And Matt, I just pledge to stay in uh, close contact with you throughout this period. Uh, feel free to keep in touch. And I hope all your members and your staff stay healthy and safe. Thanks, Becky. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, like you said, we will continue to be in touch. and probably have you back on in, in this format or another format before long. Uh, thanks again and uh, certainly appreciate your, your work. My pleasure, Matt. Take care.